Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 136. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope everyone's doing all right, you know, trudging through those winter months. February's just the worst, isn't it? Like, it's the shortest month, but it feels like the longest. I mean, maybe that's just us here in Canada. Maybe if you live in the Bahamas, then February is just like the same as July. But here, February feels very long. But the good news is we have a badass episode to finish off the week for you this week get you into the weekend. We've got a kind of Canadian Toronto-ish band on the podcast this week. I'll explain more in a moment. This week, we've got Justin Benlolo, lead singer of the band Broken Love on the podcast. And the reason I said Toronto-ish is because Justin himself is from Toronto, but the band is based out of New York City. And if you haven't heard Broken Love yet, you're gonna love them. They're kind of a straight up rock and roll in your face type of band. And this episode was actually recorded at the end of last year. Broken Love were here playing with Big Wreck and Monster Truck at our newest venue, History. So I met up with Justin before the show backstage. It was really cool to see what the new venue was like backstage. And so Justin and I just chilled and chatted music for a little while. Of course, Broken Love had just released their debut album, self-titled album, in 2020. And at the time that we spoke, which I guess was December of 2021... Broken Love had just released their latest single, which is called Dead Weight, and it is a juicy killer track. Go check that baby out. Uh, But we're going to also do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So as Broken Love is a fairly newish band, maybe some of you listening today haven't heard them yet. So I like to do this segment to throw out some song recommendations that you could check out before or after the interview. So starting with that brand new single, Dead Weight, definitely a must listen to. And then I've picked four songs off that debut self-titled album, Broken Love. The first song I recommend is called I Can't Lie. The second is called I See Red. The third recommendation is a song called Buried. And then the last one is called Crush. The last of which I think is available on the deluxe version of the album. But it might actually be my favorite Broken Love song. So definitely check those. I mean, check out the whole album. It is rock and roll at its core. Sadly, it's the type of band we see less and less of these days. So much love to Broken Love. And Justin, thank you for coming on the podcast. We hope to hear so much more from you guys in the future. If you are a Broken Love fan tuning into the podcast today, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. We would love for you to become a regular, so please do hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. But you can also find us just by searching The Adamantium Podcast. And that's all I got to say for now. So let's introduce you to Justin Ben Lolo of Broken Love right here on episode number 136 of the Adamantium podcast. Stay cool, stay fresh, and stay tuned because we have some new episodes coming your way very soon. (laughs) 
Okay, so rolling. We've got Justin from Broken Love here. Hey, man. Um, thanks for joining us, man. It's really cool to be able to do this in person at the venue. Of Brand new venue. Brand new. Hanging out backstage, and uh, this is kind of cool for both of us. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Drake's building right in now. In Drake's building. That's it. And uh, I mean, this is cool for you, too, because this is a hometown gig. We yeah. just saying. So uh, when was the last time you got to play a show in Toronto? Man, it must have been like two years ago, I think. Yeah. It must have been, tw- yeah, I think it was 2019, maybe. Yeah. Put it here in 2020 or like early 2020. And where, where was that show? Uh, it was Lee's Palace. Lee's Palace. Yeah. Saying, right. So, I mean, now that's, that would have been before you guys even released the album. It was, I think it, it might have been like a week after we right. released the record or something like that. Something like that. Amazing. Well, con- I mean, congrats on all the success in the last Thanks, year. Man. Thank I mean, you. First of all, tell me about what it was like releasing, like, your your debut album, maybe your most important album. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> literally right before the entire world shuts down. Man. Like, tell that, me what that experience was like. That was rough. I mean, you know, because we'd built it up for so long that the record had been actually, like, recorded and done for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and we were just trying to make sure it got a good shot and we shop it around to the right people and all that, you know, and, uh, you know, at first I took it pretty bad because okay. it was like, you know, it's like my it's baby. I've been of working on it for years and years and years and honing in the sound and, you know, you don't really get a second shot at making a first impression. Right. right? So, um, at first it was, it was rough, but then I, I had to be like, okay, well, this isn't about me right now. Everybody is going through the shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I had to change my perspective on it mm-hmm. you know the feeling less of, of a personal attack and more like okay right. you know what the whole world is kind of screwed everyone's right now. dealing with their own yeah yeah so i had to be like I, I i made peace with that thought yeah and then you know kept plugging away after because so what was your strategy after that to get the music out there well i mean other than like having a lot of love at spotify and 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 all the playlisting mm-hmm. people that just have been awesome um we were kind of, I mean, just like everybody else, we were just kind of doing nothing for a mm-hmm. couple months. Um, until we had a, the idea of doing a deluxe edition of the record. Mm-hmm. So when things like sort of calmed down, I guess that first summer, we yeah. had this idea. We're like, okay, I've been writing songs. Um, maybe let's do something to, to breathe life into mm-hmm. the existing album. So instead of doing an EP and having it be a separate release, um, we just decided to tag on like four extra songs yeah. to the first record. And uh, ultimately, it ended up being a really great idea just because we recorded, um, we recorded a cover of the Bishop Briggs song, yes. uh, River. And uh, that's kind of you know, propelled us to s- uh, way more people. Yeah, than, than I mean, I had that actually had question in my, in my deck here, and that was, uh, you know, your styles are so different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what out of you know all songs you can cover, you know the the options are endless. What made you decide on that song? Well, I find that we could have done the obvious thing and done like a Zeppelin tune, right. or a Sabbath tune, or like something really on the nose, mm-hmm. and almost like it would be sort of sacrilegious if we did it too, because you're undoubtedly going to piss off a lot of people who are like, right. "How dare you touch like the like every Greta you Van know? Fleet critic?" Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided, you know. I always thought if you're going to cover something, you should take something that's not in your genre right. and then make it your own. You know, yeah. and um, the decision to do River, I mean, it kind of goes through like a couple of years of me mm-hmm. loving the song, and uh, actually, one buddy that's here tonight, um, he. We used to get pretty drunk together. He would be like, "Man, sing that River song," you yeah. know. <laughs> just can yeah. you just hit the chorus, you know? And uh, and it started dawning. It dawned upon me, I guess that. Uh, um, 
that that would have been like a great rock song too. Yes, because yeah. it's kind of a bluesy thing in the chorus, mm-hmm. um, and she has that kind of like. So almost this Janis Joplin-y kind of quality to that mm. chorus. It reminds me of that sort of late 60s kind of rock and roll. And uh, when we were thinking about covers, you know, I just floated the idea because I thought, well, it's already a big song, you know, mm-hmm. so that helps us course, <laughs> because yeah. that means people are going to listen to it undoubtedly because the song is massive. And um, and, and I, I, I heard a way of making it really heavy, mm-hmm. you know, just because of... Uh, Did you have that kind of idea already in your head of how to make it... Yeah, because it was sort of like, you know that A1 Nation song? Yes. Sale. Sale. I sort of had the idea of doing it like Sale. Gotcha. You know, like making it The really punchy chorus. Like yeah. That. I mean, the chorus to me feels like that kind of like, it feels like Sale to me. So I was like, what if we could just do a little bit of that with this like pop song? And even so, it's like, it's not even like a... Like a, I'm, I'm using my hands here. It's yeah. not like a poppy song to me, you know. It still has that alternative edge, and uh, it, I didn't really change much. You know, all mm-hmm. I really did was just whatever the synth or like the yeah. the cleaner guitars were doing. I just kind of turned the gain up to ten, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and we kept it in the same key. You know, all the core elements are still there. Um, I did mess around with the riff on the chorus um, a little bit, but. I don't know. It's really worked out for us. The yeah. only the only uh, shitty part about it is that now I have to sing it live, and it's uh, a really tough song is to it, sing. Yeah. Does it hurt? So like when you is that is that one that you kind of have to save for the end or something like? That? We kind of like pick and choose the shows we do. Gotcha. Like I won't be able to do it tonight. Okay. Um, we also have shorter sets on this tour, so of like course, we don't yeah. have. If I play that song, it takes up. It takes up like two songs right. worth of time. Okay. So it's either I play two or I play one. And right. when we're playing short sets like this, it makes sense to just, you know, <laughs> it, makes, yeah. it makes sense to just uh, play more than less, obviously. Gotcha. Well, um, tell me also, I mean, putting out a debut album, there's a debut album's one thing I always found the most interesting is because it's not like what you've been working on the last two years. Right. It's basically a collection of what you've made or what you've accumulated up to that date. Yeah. So tell me what was, um, what did you want people to, what kind of first impression did you want people to get from this album? From the first record? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just wanted people to think it was real and mm-hmm. authentic and cool, you know. Um, that's really all I cared about. And like, I, I guess I wanted people to like it, but I, I was more concerned with how I um, was looking at it. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to be happy with the music, and that's why it took so long for me to finish it, because I was just going through the motions and you know mm-hmm. writing all these songs and trying to figure out what the what the the sound was going to be and the aesthetic, you know, of of the band and all that kind of stuff. So I was I was really thinking about making myself happy, and then, you know, hopefully people <laughs> dig it also. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is really cool is people are naming influences that I didn't really like say was influenced mm-hmm. by. People are like, oh yeah, it kind of sounds like this, this and that. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome that you said that. Okay. Because that's directly who you right. know, I'm pulling from. Right. So that's been really cool. Well, that was one of my questions too. I mean. Uh, something that was listed directly like on your website was that you are strongly influenced by like Led Zeppelin, Soundgarden. Yeah. Tell me some of the elements from those bands that you listened to that you wanted in Broken Love. Well, for sure, you know, the the, the ripping vocals, you yeah. know, because I'm just, I've always been attracted to those kinds of singers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Plant's Whale and Chris Cornell's Whale and, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, 
So we definitely had to have a little bit of that. Um, and then, you know, have a little bit of the bluesiness, but also the raw, organic sh- shit. Can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> they say whatever the, you the want. Raw, yeah. The raw, organic stuff that those bands brought to the table, I think, was really, really cool because you don't really see that a lot in, in rock and roll anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's very, like, overproduced right. and very compressed and very slick. And, um, and, and that's... I would say that it's weird playing rock and roll now and not doing those things because it's almost more often than not bands are doing making records now that a lot of people don't really know are just as produced and just as uh, contrived as like a lot of the really big pop records mm-hmm. are and a lot of rock fans pride themselves on listening to like real music They're like I right. listen to real rock and roll yeah. real music um, which is a whole other thing but uh <laughs> But they don't even realize that the record they're listening to is like copy and pasted. You know, right. all the drums are fake. All the guitars uh, are, are are modeling like it's not even real amps. You know, okay. all the vocals are tuned to hell. And I just didn't want to be that kind of band, you know, because that's not what I'm I'm attracted to, and that's right. not what I really think rock and roll is supposed to be. Right. Um, so that's why I I always listen to bands of that era. There's a few new groups that are doing it really really mm-hmm. well, of course, um, but. It's sort of, and also the honesty that those bands had in their lyrics and just the 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 way they betrayed themselves. They were never, it never seemed like they were putting on an act. Well, you you, you know? worked with what is it, his, Joel Hamilton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On this album, who's worked with bands like Highly Suspect, yeah. which to me is one of those bands that is a rock and roll. Yeah, they're like, rock and roll. The right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me how you guys got connected, and tell me what his influence was on this album. Um, I mean, we got connected because my manager just happened to know his manager. Like, okay. it was crazy, because I was listening to that first Holly Suspect record when it came out, and uh, we were trying to figure out, like, you know, who's going to produce these songs? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we came up with a list of people and all that kind of shit, and you know, thinking of who can do it. And then somebody had the bright idea of like, oh, why don't we just go to the source, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, why don't we just maybe ask the guy who did the record that I, I, I'm, I was really inspired by at the time. And he just happened to say yes, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, the, the connection between my manager and his manager yeah. obviously helped that helped, out. Yeah. Um, and him liking the songs, obviously, really, really helped. But he definitely brought a... He brought that organic, raw, the rawness that I was looking for, mm-hmm. you know? Because a lot of producers are very set in their ways of how they want to do it mm-hmm. and especially in like the Pro Tools era of things you know like a lot of producers are so used to plugging it in and doing everything in the box so to say if people know what that means uh, mm-hmm. which is just in the computer as opposed right. to actually playing the real actually thing recording the so he had a tape deck and he was like we're going to use the tape you know we're going to use all analog gear it's going to be the real deal amazing um, yeah now not that I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily the. It's not the right way or the wrong way of doing things. I don't think it's the superior way of right. recording. I think just it's just what works for yeah, you guys. Down to your preference, obviously. Yeah. But it definitely made for a very. Um, it, it made for a very interesting recording experience because you only really get one shot right. <laughs> at doing it really yeah. well. And that being said, you know, it really brought the best out, out of us as. Mm-hmm. Um, as players, you know, right. but also we, you're able to capture those little beautiful imperfections mm-hmm. that make rock and roll what, what it is. What like rock I've, and roll I've heard that about, be, you, know? you know, albums from the past that there are like mistakes that they know are in there and it's just, you know, those are our favorite parts. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I still listen to those records and you know, sometimes I cringe a little bit cause I'm like, Oh, that part's a little, you know, I didn't play it so well there or okay. you know, the, yeah. the timing's not so great on this part. But like, man, so it, I listen to old Zeppelin records, and like real. half yeah. of it's like 
you know, a lot of them are pretty funky sometimes, but that's what makes it so fucking good. Yeah. You know, it's real. We're human. We were not perfect. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I'm, I just don't buy it. If it's too perfect, it it almost, it's got a fakey element to it. There's just no humanity in that. Right. You know, it's too mechanical. Yeah. We don't like that. Talking, talking about humanity, (laughs) one of the songs that I loved off this album was actually one of the songs you were talking about. It made it onto the deluxe edition. It was the song crush. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, I love that song. And, um, I wanted to ask, is there a specific someone or event that that, that song was inspired by? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew this, uh, I knew this person in high school who was really into like the rave scene okay you know and like that was around the time when everybody was kind of experimenting with drugs and all that stuff when you're I guess towards the end of high school Mm -hmm. and that was really when like rave music was popping so all the kids were like they had fake IDs and they would go downtown Toronto and Mm -hmm. they would pop molly and like do the thing and uh, that was never my thing yeah but I knew this one person who was just doing that all the time and it was just it was weird, you know, because like I, you never think you're gonna see like an addict when you're that young, right. you know. And then seeing this person come to high school like rolling, you know, like what that was that was incredible at the time to see. I never thought I would be that young and actually mm-hmm. experience that um, because this person was my friend. And when I came up with the idea for the song, I was like, well, maybe I'll write this from the perspective of that person. At least that was the idea okay. for me. Um, yeah, because it's not a personal story. I, I was sort of like writing through the eyes uh, of this some... like rave okay. junkie kind of person, um, and maybe what their experiences were like. Because they would tell me stories all the mm-hmm. time, like of just absolute crazy shit. And yeah. I'm like, I can't believe you're doing this. You're 17 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that was sort of a crush was about. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm glad you like it. We're gonna play it tonight. Actually. Amazing. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. that's, I, that's my favorite song on the album. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, we mentioned. I'm going. We're going back and forth here because you keep mentioning actually things that are in my questions sure, later. Yeah, no problem. But you mentioned being largely influenced by people like Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell is my favorite singer of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. And I noticed that you. I'm sad I didn't know about it before, but back in May, you guys did a or you did a live acoustic. Yeah, set, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in tribute to Chris Cornell. So yeah. tell me what kind of sparked the idea to do that. And tell me what you played, and tell me just in general some of your favorite Cornell songs. What do I remember from that? Um, well, I mean, it was on the, I think it was on the anniversary of his death. Okay. And it was also like peak lockdown. There was nothing going on. We weren't playing shows. So mm-hmm. I, I got in the habit of doing a lot of like Instagram live stuff. Um, like every Sunday or something, yeah. just to give people something, and also for myself to just like make sure I could still do it. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm pretty sure I played like some of the Temple of the Dog stuff. I think I played like Hunger Strike. I might have done like okay. Say Hello to Heaven. Um, and then I definitely did like Black Hole Sun. You gotta do Black Hole Sun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Call Me a Dog. Did you do? No, I didn't do Call Me a Dog. Okay. I didn't do Wooden Jesus or anything like that. Yeah, that's just. Those are you gotta leave those that are athletic. Too, yeah, yeah <laughs> those are some athletic vocal performances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely did like Fell on Black Days, and and I might have even done like some Audio Slave stuff. Okay. At the first show Broken Love ever played, actually, we covered um, Like a Stone. Like a Stone. Actually, oh, yeah. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. It is, you know, it's it's a it is a strenuous task to, to sing a Chris Cornell tune. Yeah, so. that's one of the first albums I remember being obsessed with was that first Audio Slave yeah, album. Yeah, me too. I was in, it was like 
much music was still around. Yeah. I was in high school and that album came out and it blew my mind. Yeah. I actually got into Audio Slave before I got into Soundgarden. Me like, too. Yeah, I worked Me backwards. Too. Me too. And now I, I mean, Soundgarden. probably around the same favorite. age. So like, sound, yeah. like Soundgarden was, I guess, before I would have been listening to a lot of rock yeah. music. And then I wasn't there when I was Audio Slave came out and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. same with before Rage even. I went backwards on yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I definitely worked backwards too. Like, yeah. I remember my friend playing me Cochise or Cochise. I don't, I still don't know how to pronounce it yeah. that song. That was the first um, song I fell in love. And I was a drum, I'm a drummer. So oh, true. Like the, that drum beat at the beginning. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just, it's a bitchin' band, man. Yeah. I mean, the playing is so good. We're such big fans of those guys. Yeah. And that's like, you know, for the record, again, like, I pulled a lot from Audio Slave, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, without shame, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's just so good. If yeah. you don't like that, like, we can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you want. You, you know? want to make your favorite music, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what... You know, I, again, going back to, like, we, we've talked about it so many times on this podcast, the, the Greta Van Fleet argument. Yeah. Like, it's too much like Led Zeppelin. It's like, well, what's wrong with that? Like, why is that an issue? Uh, I mean, I guess... When was the last time you, you heard Zeppelin put out an album? So, like, <laughs> yeah, what's you're wrong right. with more Zeppelin? Like, <laughs> I, I think um, um, all I'll say about that is uh, I think what they're doing only proves how relevant Led Zeppelin still is. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like whether or not you like it, it doesn't really matter. The mm -hmm. fact of the matter is that they're doing what they're doing and it's doing really, really yeah. well. And people are still talking about Led Zeppelin till today. Like, yeah. I don't know, 50, 60 years later, like yeah. it's still on everybody's mind. So that's what I take away from that, you know? And kids could still play real rock music yeah. and win Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> so whether you love them or you hate them, they're good for rock and roll. I don't care what anybody else says. So the Spotify, uh, the Spotify wrap-ups all just came up. Everyone's yeah, posting yeah. those. Tell me what was at the top of your wrap-up this year. It was... It, wait, it, it wasn't Soundgarden. But Soundgarden was in there. Mm -hmm. ACDC was in there. Who's my number one? It might have been... And Tragically Hip was in there. Okay. Um, Good, solid Canadian answer. Who the hell was my number one? I can actually look real quick. <laughs> While you're looking at oh, it was Royal Blood. It was Royal, Royal Blood. Blood. Oh, yeah, Royal Blood was also their home. album was so yeah. sick. Oh, so good, man. You That's guys, are you guys playing? You guys playing with them? No, I wish. On... I wish we. Because uh... I know they just announced a, a set of shows for next year. Yeah, they're going out with Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Yeah, Cleo's doing it. Yeah. Um, tell me what was uh, you know one of your favorite rock albums or rock songs from this year. Like, you know what? It's just that whole Royal Blood record. Royal Typhoons Blood is just so like, that's yeah. probably been my favorite thing. There's you know? this, I think you would like, I don't know if you've heard of him yet. There's this wicked artist called Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah, for that sure. Guy, yeah, his album. I like that song Mercy a lot. Yeah. That's a pretty dope song. I like the, what was the name of the first one that he put out? Oh, um. That one blew my mind when he did like. Take Me Away. Take Me Away. That one, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's a good song. I'll yeah, say. Really, it's really rock and roll. Like, it's yeah. rock and it's roll. It's cool to see that. Yeah. You know? It's really cool. He's playing here next year with Shine Down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Anyways, I had him on the podcast. Super cool dude. Sweet. That's good yeah. to hear. That was Hopefully we cross paths at some point. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Bro Broken Love, Aaron Jones yeah. set. Um, there's another band. Maybe you haven't heard. There's a band called Inhaler. And so. it's Bono's son's band. Oh, yes. My and brother told me about it. They put out their debut album. Yeah. Also really solid. Really solid. Yeah, yeah. My brother was so telling me that they're pretty good. I haven't checked them out yet. But I think I maybe, maybe I heard a song or two and he sounds like exactly like Bono. He does sound exactly like, like I think that. they, whenever like mm -hmm. you see interviews with them, they always try and say like they're influenced by like Echo and the Bunnymen. Right, right, right. Thing. And it's like, I can hear Bono. Well, the first time <laughs> I heard it, I was like, I've never heard this old U2 song. It's <laughs> like Greta Van Fleet saying Aerosmith's their biggest right. influence. Right, yeah, that's you know? it. 
That's it. All right, man, before we wrap up, last question. Uh, it's just about, you know, we were talking about, you know, this being the first gig in Toronto. Tell me what it was like being a, a you know, a Toronto band, a Toronto rock band. Where were your spots? You know, um, what was... Well, it's weird. So, so... I know you moved around a lot, yeah, too. Yeah, that, so. that's the thing. It's like, so my, my band is actually from New York City, and I'm mm-hmm. the only one from Toronto. So it's been really weird in the Toronto scene for us because we never really play here. Right, okay. You know, like we kind of... New York City, I would say, is more like our home base, home base. because they're all there. It makes so what sense are you, it's like Webster Hall is like your spot. No, there. we've never played there. I mean, I would see a bunch of shows there. Yeah, um, we play like Arlene's Grocery, and we've done a I think Pianos, it's called um, Bowery Ballroom. Okay, yeah, um, solid spot. A Bowery Electric. Um, We've done a handful over there. I mean, those are the places I like to go anyways to see rock mm-hmm. shows when I'm there. Toronto, we just haven't been... We haven't done so much stuff because, you know, we sort of... before well, locked down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, before the, the pandemic yeah. happened, like, we had been touring the States exclusively. Mm-hmm. When COVID hit, we were touring Canada. Right. So that was our first Canadian tour. Uh, and we gotcha. were just starting to sort of branch out okay. over here. And the songs were doing well over here yeah. on radio and... Everything was sort of lining up, yeah. Um, but now, you know, obviously, right. Okay, Monster so that being said, then what are is there some Toronto <laughs> spots that you would love to play, like that you? Oh yeah. When you went, like, think places you went as a. I would love kid. to play the Phoenix. Yeah. I would love to play the Drake. Okay. Um, I would love to play. Obviously, ACC is the goal. Yeah. You know, or Scotiabank, but I yeah, keep changing yeah. the names. That's ACC. Yeah forever for me yeah um, I want to do Danforth I feel like that would be a lot of yeah. fun too Danforth's a wicked I'm going man. there like next week to see Cleo nice, um, which nice. Be a yeah lot I'm of hoping fun. to be there too yeah <laughs> I'm hoping yeah. I, I'm actually trying to get tickets right now you know now, what so. man I saw a show here at this venue I think you guys are going to sound wicked here tonight, I heard so. some really good things about this yeah. place some people last night in London were saying that it's really really yeah. bad here yeah. so, it's so a, those it's listening we're at History which is Drake's new venue yep yeah. uh, out towards the beaches in Toronto so anyways man um Thank you. I, that's all the time I have for with you. But yeah. uh, thank you so much for doing this. Sure, and, man. Thanks uh, for having me. Kill it tonight. Thanks, brother. All right, man. <laughs>Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.